What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of Thick Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, it's been a little bit, so I caught you guys up on where I'm at and where I've been and why there hasn't been a podcast episode. Talked about a ton of different things. I talked about work and discipline and personal training and how much I love my career and then talked about movies and TV and things I've learned recently and things that I found really valuable and how discipline equals freedom. I talked about a ton of different shit. So it's, uh, it was really, really good. And I'm really happy to be back recording podcasts. I forgot how much I love this and how enjoyable they are. So I appreciate you tuning in, share it with a friend, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. All right. See ya. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Thick Radio. Thanks for tuning in. It's been a little bit, and uh, I miss this. I really do. Podcasting is one of my favorite forms of uh, content creation, but unfortunately, content creation as a whole has kind of taken a backseat for the last little while for me. Um, There's a lot that I want to talk about. I have a note in my phone where I just like write down podcast topics throughout my day. Um... And the topics vary like crazy, but there's a lot I want to talk about. But first, kind of where I'm at with content and stuff like that, producing stuff online related to fitness or this podcast or whatever, it's uh, and more people reached out than I, I didn't even think about it. But more people reach out just asking like, hey, is there going to be a new episode soon? So it's it's makes me happy that people are like invested in listening and uh, like everybody's doing that like Spotify wrapped thing. And I had multiple messages of people like showing me that I was the number one podcast that they listened to, which is like, that's crazy. It's I know we're only like real like 10 episodes in or something like that. But it uh, I don't know, that made me happy. So I appreciate all of you listening a lot. And I know I say that every time, but it does mean a lot. <clears throat> and yeah, I've been <clears throat> that was gross. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, I've been a little bit absent for a while and, uh, just honestly, I think like two weeks since the last podcast went up with Zev, if you listen to that one, I'm sorry, <laughs> it was, it was a little hectic, but, um, yeah, I had, I honestly, I just don't have time. <laughs> I really have very little time throughout my entire week right now, which is a good problem to have because, I'm just really, really busy with my in-person personal training job. So I moved out here, um, as you guys know, and I started work and I started working at a new gym and it's, uh, it's gone way better than I could have ever expected. I'm very, very busy. Um, honestly putting in like 50, 60 hour work weeks right now which is good. I, so I'm personal trainer and the assistant manager. Uh, so I'm kind of balancing a bunch of stuff, but it's good. Like it's a really good problem to have. And, uh, but that's kind of why content creation has taken a huge backseat. Cause I, I barely have time just to even like film workouts or educational videos and things like that. Um, kind of wake up, go to work, spend all day there and then come home and crash and repeat at least Monday to Friday. But today's Saturday and I had some cancellations for this morning. So I have some free time. So I wanted to pump out a podcast because I do really enjoy this and I can already feel myself getting like more relaxed and more excited to do this episode. It's, uh, it's my favorite form of content, but yes, Things on like Instagram and stuff like that, the best I can probably promise is that I'll be able to film my workout videos and stuff like that. Um, And then I'm going to try to get more educational videos out into the new year once my schedule is a little more like predictable and like set in um, and I'm not onboarding so many clients at once. I'll have a lot more free time, a lot more flexibility to do this or at least a predictable schedule where I can kind of pencil in some time to do the podcast. Um, And I want to have guests on. There's like a bunch of people that I've been meaning to have on for a couple months now. Just hasn't really worked out um, timeline wise, but I do want to have guests on. I want to start doing more Zoom podcasts. I just need to figure out kind of how that looks. But yes, the podcast isn't going anywhere. That's something I'm going to try to stay on top of and get at least a few episodes out every month. Um, And yeah, we're just going to keep rolling with that and I'll be back on the content game more in the new year. But Right now, I'm honestly just kind of head down working, and that's something that's been on my mind. Is something that I want to talk about uh, today. Actually, it was just like 
man, like it, it feels good. It feels good when you're just like very work focused and that's how I am right now. Like I've, I don't, I've never been this work focused in my entire life. Not even close. I've never been so invested in getting busy. I've never been so invested in becoming a better personal trainer. That's one thing I've realized actually over the last couple of months is that I definitely become, I had become complacent in my personal training career. Um, I like I had become a decent coach and I was like, you know what, like decent is better than a lot of people. So that's fine. And like, it was just like this, I think COVID didn't help, but like, I feel like too many people use COVID as an excuse for stuff. So I don't want to do that, but it's uh, going in and out of lockdown. It's just like, there was no consistency with my career. And I honestly kind of resented personal training a little bit because we were the first to get locked down and it was financially tough. I was financially strapped, like just relying on CERB whenever we get shut down and stuff like that. And it wasn't like it just, I didn't, I wasn't super passionate about the actual act of in-person training. I did lean into more on the content side of things, which is why I have a podcast and I have an online coaching company and all of that over the last two years. But it's, uh, I just lost touch with my in-person coaching and like the love for it and like the environment I was in in Ontario wasn't, wasn't great in terms of work and leadership. So like it's, I'm in a far better position now. And like, you want to talk about gratitude? Like I am so grateful for where I ended up right now with where I'm working. It couldn't be better. I'm surrounded by great people. I have amazing clients. I have legitimate mentorship and leadership. And like, it really means a lot to me, honestly. And uh, it's good. So yeah, I'm just like really, really driven towards being a great personal trainer right now. And uh, yeah, man, like it's been fun. And I, that's the thing. A lot of people, when they hear like 50, 60 hour work weeks, they're like, oh my God, like that is miserable. Like, oh, you're working till 8 p.m., 9 p.m. on Friday nights. It's like, the only reason that that sounds miserable, <laughs> miserable is, uh, is because you hate your job. It's like, if you, if somebody tells you that they've been working a 50, 60 hour, 70 hour work week, something insane that sounds crazy. It's like, oh my God, like you, you must be miserable. Like that sounds awful. And it's like, well, no, it's because you hate your job. And I'm not saying that like your career has to be your entire life and that that has to be how you spend your weeks is just focus on work. But I think everybody should have a period of time like that where they're just head down grinding at what they're passionate about and whether that's your career or your side hustle or whatever like you should have some sort of work that you that you love that you're passionate about that you want to get better at um i think that's one of the most important things in the world and i'm in a very blessed situation where i fell into a career that i do truly love and i do truly get fulfillment out of and it never really feels like work so putting in these long hours is, it's a pleasure. I enjoy it. I really, really do. And I, I get, I get, I get a ton of fulfillment out of working hard because when I was younger, I didn't, I truly didn't believe that I would be successful and, or that I would, or that I was capable of working hard to achieve a goal. I didn't have like any self-confidence in that regard. I procrastinated a lot of things. I would fall off of goals. I would never see goals through and I think that that's part of the reason why that's such a huge source of my happiness now, because that's something I was really insecure about and I struggled with when I was younger. And now that I have the confidence and I have the results to see like, okay, I can put in work and I can achieve the things that I want. When I do that and when I execute a plan and when I just really drive towards a goal or multiple goals, it really fulfills me. So I get a lot of happiness out of that. And again, that's not for everybody, but whatever you're doing, like whatever your career is, whatever you consider work in your life, man, make sure, make sure it's not something that you're like just waiting till the weekend for. I think that's like, I think that's imprisonment. Like, I think that's literally like, I think you're just, you're just go if you're just going through the motions Monday to Friday, like, and just can't wait to get to the weekend and get hammered, like, fuck, that's a miserable existence because I've been there and it's miserable. And like every job I had before I became a personal trainer was like that. It was just Monday to Friday, or it was like, I just, I got to work on the weekends outside of high school or college or whatever. And I fucking hate it. And I don't want to be here. And like, until I started doing this and 
man, like personal training is literally the best job in the fucking world. And like, obviously I'm biased, but like for the thing, for my personality and the things that I love, I literally couldn't have been in a better career. That's something that I've realized over the last like two months being in a new personal training environment and getting like a bunch of clients really, really quickly and just kind of getting thrown into the deep end and just trying to like, okay, like how good of a trainer are you? Can you handle this like workload? Can you handle all of these people? Can you provide a top tier service to these people? And uh, it just made me reflect on my career a ton because that's consuming a lot of my life. And it's literally the best job ever because I feel like a lot of personal trainers will be like, I just love it because I help people. And it's like, yes, 100%. Like, that is important. You are, you are dead. You've dedicated your whole life to helping others, which is fantastic. Um, But also like, think about what it does for you too. Like, it's, you're going to get fulfillment from helping others. But for me, the value that I get out of personal training is that I get to talk to like amazing people every day. And people... I think it's a big mindset shift for me because I feel like when people hear amazing people, they think of like the most successful people or the most impressive people or people who have done incredible things in their life. And it's like, no, like great people are just everyday people that have life stories that are different from yours and you can learn from those stories. So I can sit through an hour long PT session with a client who has a career that I've never even heard of or is involved in an industry that I know nothing about. And by the end of that hour, I have not only helped them reach their health and fitness goals or take a one step towards those health and fitness goals, but I've also learned about an entire new industry or an entire country that they traveled that I knew nothing about or an entire like an entire series of events that has happened in their life that I have never experienced myself. And it's literally like doing podcasts all day long. Like that's a decent way to describe it. You just get to talk to cool people all day long and learn stuff if you want to do that. Like if you're the trainer who in during your clients rest times, you're asking questions, asking about their career, asking about their life. Like and also as a trainer, you should be like you should be getting to know your clients on a very personal level because it's going to make your job significantly easier when you start they start to run into roadblocks when diet or training because you start to know how their mind works and you start to know about their past experiences and you just get to you you get to collect more data talking that way same way if you're somebody who listens to tons of audiobooks and tons of podcasts you just have more data and that more data gives you more things to talk about with other people and build relationships and relate to others on. And then you create stronger relationships from there. And like the more data you have, the more you're going to be able to provide to the world. So same thing with clients. If the more data you have about that client, the more you're going to be able to provide to that client and the higher quality personal training. But also you get a huge benefit out of it because you learn and you you experience different things like vicariously through your clients. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, I love it. It's like, I, I don't have time throughout the day to listen to a podcast, but I get real life podcast episodes with some amazing people that are investing time into their health and fitness and I'm helping them reach those goals. It's like, man, I, I couldn't ask for a better scenario. So Personal training rocks. And if you're like thinking about becoming a personal trainer and any of this sounds interesting or fascinating to you, I highly recommend it. Like personal training is a great, great career. And I'm biased because it it works for a lot of the things that I really enjoy and I get a ton of fulfillment out of. And yeah, man, like, I don't know. I'm just excited just to be a trainer and like really focus on in-person training. Like I haven't take, I'm not taking any new online clients for probably a long time. Um, a, because I don't have time for it. Um, but also like, I just, I'm really getting tons of fulfillment out of this in-person training and it's going to make me a better online coach anyway. So it's, uh, it's been really, really fulfilling and I've had a bunch of time to reflect on just how great my job is because if I show up and I know I'm going to be at the gym for 13, 14, 15 hour days, um, but I know that like, yeah, that 15 hour day, that's going to be a long day filled with a lot of work, but A, I know I can do it. I know I can work that 15 hour day and I know I can provide good service for that time, but I also know that 
the actual sessions themselves, I love it. Like, it's not like I hate the actual work. Like, I, I do love t- saying hello to my client, catching up with them, running through their warm up, talking about their talking about how their performance has been related to their goals over the last week, catching up and then going through an amazing session together. Like, I love the actual act of that hour long session with my clients versus like working at a grocery store or a restaurant and fucking like the actual job itself is miserable on top of the long hours you have to be there or the late hours it's like man that's purgatory you are just real life purgatory that's hell on earth i would i fucking that's miserable because i've been there it's miserable and it's no way to live your life you work i saw a stat you work ninety thousand hours in your life if you work those ninety thousand hours and most of them were kind of miserable and you were just like wait until the wait i spent my whole teenage years just constantly checking my phone to see how much time i had left on my shift i don't do that anymore i don't it's like yeah sure i look at the clock and i'm like okay i got four more hours who what clients do i have and then it just shifts to like okay what clients do i have what am i going to do with them and then i'm back actually focusing on the work itself not just counting down until I'm done. Like that's, that's miserable. Like that's, that's not how it should be. And I know that not everybody is going to end up in a job that they're passionate about. I know that's a tall order, but you should try. You really should try. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I hope you do. I hope you end up in a job that kind of just makes you want to get out of bed in the morning and you look forward to, and you don't mind like working on it on the weekends and stuff like that. And again, I don't, this this shouldn't be your entire life focused on work. You should have other things outside of that. But I think you should have periods of your life where you sacrifice a lot of other things just to become the damn best at something that you're passionate about. Whether it's your career, whether it's your sport, whether it's music, whether it's being a better boyfriend, husband, friend, whatever, it doesn't matter. Just invest in uh invest some time and just being obsessed with something and putting everything you have into it and just burning the candle at both ends that's another thing that i wanted to talk about as you can tell i have a ton of stuff i want to talk about but that's another thing is work-life balance i was thinking about work-life balance a lot because i don't have a work-life balance right now on weekends i have like sundays are always open saturdays i usually end up working whether it's programming onboarding all my clients or having some clients in the morning so my work-life balance is like not very good at all like i monday to friday zero thing outside of work And I was thinking about work-life balance and everybody's like, oh, you just need a work-life balance. Like, as long as you have that, you'll be okay. And I think that's bullshit. I think work-life balance is a stupid facade that somebody created, probably because they didn't really like their job that much, honestly. Like, and it's like, I'm not saying that your entire life has to be work, but I think work-life balance is such a stupid concept because what if somebody gets tons of fulfillment out of work? And because when you talk about work and life, like those two titles you're you're labeling life as like the like probably the things you enjoy and the things that uh fulfill you and the things outside of work well what if that is your what if work and life are synonymous for you what if you get tons of fulfillment out of your work which you should then work-life balance is a stupid concept it's like it's relative for everybody some people get tons of true fulfillment and happiness out of their work and still make time for their friends and family like it's not It's not like work is this, work has this negative connotation, I don't think it should, assuming you can end up in a career that you really love and you enjoy. No, no, I just don't think people should like be, I think work-life balance is silly. I think it's silly. I think you should be able to go through times where you are very work-focused and you're, and then maybe you're very extracurricular focused for a while. Like, And that's how I am. Like, I tend to go through phases. And I think everybody kind of should because and you're going to be consistent, obviously, but like you should have times like the winter is a great time for PTs to be really invested in work. Like September to March is a very busy time for PTs, like December slow before we go go into the new year. And then you hit the ground running in the new year. So that's time to invest a ton of energy into work. And then you're going to have hopefully 40 hour work weeks coming into the summer or more. And then you're going to spend the summer enjoying summer while training your clients on a normal work week. Um, So yeah, I don't know. It's just I think work life balance is kind of a stupid concept. Honestly, I think 
whoever, I think that's just, it's a very broad blanket. And like some people get tons of fulfillment out of work and some people get zero fulfillment out of work. So they have way more life than they do work. And it's just, I don't know. I get it. Like I get work-life balance and I think people should have lives outside of work. That's obviously super important, but don't be afraid to fucking just fill your life with work. It'll pay off too, especially if you're young. Like there's this like dichotomy for young people where it's like, well, I'm really young and I don't have any responsibilities. So I should like travel and party and like kind of be free while I can. And yes, I agree with that. But you're also young and you also don't have kids, you don't have a house, you don't have a wife, you have no responsibilities, so you don't have anything stopping you from putting 70, 80 hour work weeks in or working your 40 hour week job and then putting another 20 hours into your side hustle and trying to become successful. So it's like, there's two ways to look at it. It's like, you can party and kind of like wait until your 30s to try to start being successful and accumulating wealth or you can grind in your 20s really hard for a couple of years while realistically still going up to the bar and enjoying yourself on weekends. Like you could still do that if that's what you valued. Um, but you can put tons of work in when you're in your young 20s. You're young, you're hungry, you don't have any responsibilities. So like, why not take advantage of that and try to work as hard as you can in your 20s as well? And then go on vacation to give yourself a break and enjoy the enjoy the things that you've worked so hard for while you can and you don't have kids and a wife and things like that. Like, I think that mindset shift, I think it's easy to just be lazy in your 20s because it's like, well, I don't have, I don't have any responsibilities tying me. So like, I just kind of want to be a free soul and all of that. And I don't know, I think you can enjoy the hell out of your 20s and live it up, but also set yourself up in a really good position so that in your 30s, you don't have to work as hard. And you see a lot of people that are like, trying to buy a house and then having their first kid and getting married like all in their 30s and like kind of getting really serious about a career and then it's like okay well now you're probably not going to retire till you're 65 because you ended up in a job that is good but it doesn't really set you up financially that well and then it's like okay well you're now you're waiting for retirement so it's like okay sure you enjoyed your 20 to 30 let's say you had like 10 years of fun but then you kind of hamstringed yourself because throughout your 30s, now you have to get a good career. You have to grind, save a bunch of money. You eventually have to buy a house. You're also going to get married. You're going to have a ton of responsibilities at once. So you're going to put your now you're going to sacrifice a ton of time for yourself because you're not only trying to pursue a career and get successful in that accumulating wealth you're also starting your life in your 30s and 40s with a family and settling down and things like that and then it's like okay well now i'm raising kids and it's like well when i retire i'll be able to do this stuff when i retire i'll be able to travel again and then it's like now you've just taken 40 years or 30 years of spending time that where yourself is not the most valued thing. And like, I don't know, it's, uh, I feel like I'm kind of rambling, but it's just, there's a bunch of different ways to go about life. But like one thing that I've realized is like, I think you can really enjoy your twenties, but I think you can also set yourself up while you're young so that you don't have to be grinding through your thirties and forties as hard. I think your twenties is a great time to just lean into work hard and see what you can accomplish. Again, you're young and hungry. So I think you should pursue that stuff. Um, what's next? What do we want to talk about next? Um, that was a hot start. I'm just kind of rambling. I miss podcasting, actually. Now that I'm in it, it's, uh, it's nice to be back. I have a bunch of things written down here. Actually, this is a great time to talk about this. I haven't drank caffeine for one year over one year now I've had no caffeine for a year and um yeah I wanted to talk about that because it's like something where like caffeine is like the most widely used drug probably on the entire planet and it's great like caffeine is awesome and I loved it for so many years but what happened for me was I was I was watching some videos about caffeine just randomly and I uh and then I started looking at some research of like people talking about how caffeine when you wake up really like groggy in the morning, you feel like shit. And it usually takes like 20 to 30 minutes for you to really start waking up. But then when you have that first coffee, you're like, bang, like you're awake and it's like you're ready to go. And a lot of people associate that with just like the caffeine wakes me up. And then that's where you start to be start to feel like you need that. The reason it wakes you up is some research would say is that 
it's actually acute caffeine withdrawals that you are managing by intaking that caffeine. You're stopping those withdrawal symptoms. That's why you wake up feeling so shitty because if you have coffee every single day, two or three cups, then from the time you stop drinking at, let's say, two in the afternoon, five in the afternoon, whatever, then you you don't have any caffeine, then you go to bed, and then throughout that 12 to 16-hour period where you don't have coffee, you are going through acute with caffeine withdrawals when you wake up. So then you're actually satisfying those withdrawal symptoms when you wake up. And I was like, oh, that's interesting because I would wake up like very tired, very groggy. And it's not like I had to have a coffee in the morning. Um, And it wasn't like, I wasn't that bad. Like I would probably have like a coffee a day and then like an energy drink a day. But I was like, oh, there's like a decent chance I'm probably a little bit reliant on caffeine. And then I was watching some videos of people talking about how you should just take time away from caffeine. Um, and just kind of resensitize yourself to it. And then also the effect of caffeine on sleep. And a lot of people think that like, if you just stop intaking caffeine at 2 p.m., then you'll probably be fine. But the half-life of caffeine is pretty long. Um, and you, you, it does potentially affect sleep more than we think it does, no matter what time of day you drink caffeine. Um, and obviously sleep is really important for performance and building muscle and just general health. So I was like, okay, like maybe chronic caffeine use is having an effect on my sleep. I never really struggled with sleep, but I was like, well, what's getting 2% better sleep? It was probably worth it. So I was like, let's just try it. I'll take some time off. And I was planning to take like two to three months off of caffeine. This was last year, last October, I think, or September. And then, yeah, fast forward a year and I just never, I've never had caffeine since. And uh, what happened was... I did the two months and I was, I noticed some benefits for myself and having no caffeine, the thing that I realized was I had very predictable energy levels throughout the day and I didn't wake up feeling so shitty. So those were the two main things from going no caffeine for the last year was predictable energy levels. And what I mean by that is a lot of times I would wake up and, uh, There's, I don't know if there's, I've heard some people talk about this. I don't know if there's research on this, but it kind of made sense to me where your circadian rhythm dictates kind of energy levels throughout the day. So a lot of times people will have a lull of energy in the middle of the day for anywhere from like 12 to 3 p.m. And that's your natural circadian rhythm kind of lowest point of energy, essentially. And then after that low point of energy, your body is increasing cortisol levels um, as you start to go to sleep. And then when you wake up, you, you basically it's like a clock. And I'm not explaining this very well, but it's like a clock. And when you wake up, you should theoretically have the most energy um, as you start your day. And then throughout, and then you have that lull in the middle of the day. I'm sure everybody can relate to that. And then you have more energy throughout the afternoon and evening. And then you kind of settle down for bed. And then it starts building up again so that when you wake up, you have more energy available. And that's just like your natural body's rhythm of where it's going to put energy towards. And the circadian rhythm is really important and it really likes consistency. So waking up, one of the best things you can do for quality sleep is wake up at the same time every day, having same sleeping and waking times, waking times being the more important one, as well as getting, uh, having sunlight hit your eyes uh, within like, I think a half hour to an hour of waking up. If you want to learn more about sleep, check out um, Andrew Huberman's podcast with Matthew Walker. It was fantastic. And they talk about this like circadian rhythm, um, uh, scheduling, I guess you would call it. And, um, but anyways, they talk about this and just the importance of it. So anyways, with caffeine, how that relates to caffeine is that it would make sense to me that caffeine, caffeine does disrupt some of that circadian rhythm because caffeine does, um, halt the production or the binding of adenosine, uh, which is basically just the chemical that builds up throughout the day that makes you feel tired. So if that's changing the le- like the time of day that you're naturally would be tired or versus energetic, then I have a feeling that's interacting with your circadian rhythm. And I had very unpredictable energy levels. This is for me particularly, where I would be, I would have, I would definitely have a crash after I was intaking caffeine. And then maybe I'd have <clears throat> that lull throughout the day, like naturally. And then I'd have like a big spike in the afternoon. And it was like, I just, there was random parts of the day where I'd just be like really exhausted. 
And I didn't have any, I didn't feel like I had consistent energy levels. Um, so what I've noticed since I stopped intaking caffeine is that I do have very consistent energy levels. Um, and then the other thing too, sleep, I don't really know. Like I, I had pretty good sleep already, so I can't really say that I've had improved sleep necessarily, but I do wake up like ready to go essentially. Like I wake up initially kind of like wake, like open my eyes and a little groggy, whatever. But as soon as I like stand up and start moving around, like I'm awake and I'm kind of ready to go versus before, like it would take me like 20 minutes just to like feel like I'm awake and like realize kind of what's going on. Like I was just a zombie in the morning. So those are the two biggest benefits for me. And then also like just the psychological benefit of not feeling like I'm reliant on it. Um, having said all that, caffeine is a very individual, like there's very different individual responses to caffeine. So the benefits that I've seen from caffeine, not taking caffeine, will be different from maybe what you have. And the drawbacks for caffeine are probably different from what you've had as well. So I, this isn't like, this isn't me saying like, nobody should take caffeine. Like, if you have caffeine every day, there's way worse things to be intaking on a daily basis, like heroin, for example, would be bad. Um, but caffeine is different for everybody. And there's caffeine non-responders and like there's been they've isolated genes that show people that do not respond to caffeine or people that are very sensitive to caffeine so it is a bit of an individual experience um so i'm not saying don't take caffeine and i'm considering actually getting back on caffeine uh just for performance reasons for my workouts because caffeine 100 has been shown to improve performance with any type of physical activity so i kind of want to get that upper edge on my workouts potentially but I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I'll go back. I really love, like I drink decaf coffee like five days a week just because I like the taste of coffee, um, which I guess the hardos are going to say that I do have caffeine because there is a little bit of caffeine in there. So technically I am intaking very small amounts of caffeine, but um, yeah, I haven't had like a true caffeinated beverage in a long time, but I do like, I kind of miss it, but I don't know. Not really. It hasn't, I never was Never something where I was like, oh, I need caffeine. It was just something that was like a habit that I had. And I've seen benefits from stopping. So one thing that I will say regarding caffeine is that I do recommend that everybody take some time off um, and see how you feel and then go from there. Whether that's just like once a year you take like in the spring, you take a month off of caffeine and then in the winter you take a month off of caffeine or sorry, in the fall you take a month, whatever. Two times per year, take like a month or two off of caffeine and just see how you feel. See if your energy levels are better. See if your sleep's better. See if it's maybe something you should do for a little bit longer. But kind of resensitizing yourself to caffeine, I think, is very, very useful. And giving your body a bit of a break from it, too. Um, yeah, I, th I think, I think not cycling, but I think like just taking periods away from caffeine is important for most people. Um, yeah, and then that way you also don't get so desensitized to caffeine. Because I know some people that have like five, six coffees a day just because they've been intaking caffeine their whole life. They have to take two dry scoops of pre-workout straight to the anus just to feel good before they work out. And it's like, I uh, I get it. Like, I 100% get it. It's easy to get uh, used to caffeine, but I think you should definitely resensitize yourself if you're doing that much because that's definitely impacting uh, energy levels and probably sleep if you're intaking a ton of caffeine. So just take a period off of it and then you can come back, have one coffee and you'll probably be buzzing just fine. And you won't have to be taking anus dry scoops of pre-workout. Um, but yeah, that's been big for me. I haven't had caffeine in over a year and uh, it's been good. I also haven't had alcohol for like four and a half months now. Um, that's not something I'm going to talk about like yet. I think I'm going to make like a longer video on that. And I might make a longer one on caffeine if I can have time, like just make a reel that kind of sums it up in like a minute or something like that, or maybe more of an educational video. The alcohol thing has been interesting though. I haven't had alcohol since like August or maybe July, like July or August. And, uh, yeah, that's been fantastic actually. And I'll talk more about kind of the benefits of that. I plan to do six months. It might be just short of six months because I might drink on New Year's, but we will see. I don't know. It's uh, My plan was six months, and I've just been rolling along to that. So it's been okay. 
Um, oh, one thing that I need to mention is that everybody listening to this needs to go watch Yellowstone. If you haven't watched Yellowstone, I don't know what you're doing. And I don't know, maybe you just hate good TV. That might be the reason. But Yellowstone, probably my favorite show ever, to be honest. That and Peaky Blinders. I absolutely love Peaky Blinders. Those two shows I'm so obsessed with. Anyway, Yellowstone season four, it's out now. They're releasing a new episode every Sunday. Also, I fucking hate that. The fact that they're releasing it every Sunday, that's miserable. I can't wait every Sunday. That's a show that I need to binge. But whatever, deal with it. It's so good. It is such a good show. It's like modern day cowboys and Indians. It's fantastic. I love it and you get super invested in the characters. So I highly recommend you go watch that. And if you haven't watched Peaky Blinders, go watch that too. They're both fantastic. One thing that I've actually learned is that the film industry in Vancouver is massive. It is a massive, massive thing. I didn't know this. So many, like, like some of the biggest films that you could think of have probably been filmed here. Like, I actually work with people in the film industry now as clients, and it's fascinating. Like, it is, oh my god, it's so good. They tell me, like, such interesting things about the film industry. They can't even talk to me about some of the stuff that they're, like, filming, um, which is interesting because it's like, oh, it's like they literally have to sign NDAs, but it's cool. It's super cool. I love it. Um, but yeah, it's massive. Like there is apparently they're just always filming around here, like massive, massive movies for like Marvel movies and all kinds of shit. So I didn't know this, but it's good. So I've been more invested in film and learning more about that, which has been cool. One thing that I want to talk about is intermittent fasting. And I think I want to talk about this because it's something that I've been talking a lot about with clients lately. Um, here's the thing with intermittent fasting. It's not, it's not superior to anything else is the big overarching thing that I want to get across. Intermittent fasting isn't special for any real reason other than the fact that it could potentially help you lose weight. Because you shorten your feeding window and theoretically you should eat less calories within that window. That being said, it's really just skipping breakfast. (laughs) Let's call it what it is. It's nothing all that special. Um, But it's something that like people really, really push online. And I, I, this is coming from somebody who personally intermittent fasts. I really enjoy intermittent fasting. It works really well for me. Like I haven't eaten today yet and it's almost noon. Um, And that's most days for me if I can. Actually, I'm trying to put on weight right now and I'm struggling because my energy expenditure is so high. But so I'm eating breakfast more often, but I don't really like eating breakfast. I don't, I'm not hungry in the morning. I don't really feel like eating in the morning. And I'm the type of person who would rather have like a 10 hour feeding window where I can eat bigger meals in that versus like 16 hours. Um... But that works for me. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. Like it's, that's what works for me really well. And that might not work for you. And it doesn't work for everybody. So you'll see a lot of people online saying like, you have to intermittent fast for this amount of hours because you have your blood type is this. And because your, your big toe is longer than your pinky one, but your pinky toe on your left side is bigger than your big toe and whatever. Like there's so many different, I saw fucking intermittent fasting recommendations based on your uh, star sign or your astrology, that's what it is, star sign, astrology sign. It's bullshit. It's such bullshit. It's so anyway, it's useful. It's a very useful tool. I recommend you try it and see how it goes. Shorten your feeding window and uh, maybe it'll go really well for you. Maybe that'll be the way that you'll lose a bunch of weight or maybe that'll be the way that you feel healthier, that you have more clarity because that's one thing for intermittent fasting for me. It's, it's like I'm taking Adderall when I'm fasted. It's the difference between me fed and fasted, um, like cognitively, is pretty crazy. It's literally like I've taken an ADHD medication because I am locked in when I'm fasted. I'm just far more productive, uh, more organized, more clear. Everything's good. So that's another reason why I don't because I just like to get work done in the morning fasted. Um, not everybody is like that way, but I just have like, because I eat big meals and I do have to intake a lot of carbs, especially when I'm trying to gain weight. I just get like, I just get really 
foggy from a lot of carbs and I just have a, an aggressive blood sugar response, I guess. Maybe I, maybe I'm insulin resistant, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just get, I just get really drained from eating like, and I eat big meals. So it makes more sense for me to be fasted, get as much done as I can, um, and then eat. And then I know I'm going to be kind of lethargic for probably an hour or two. And then, I, uh, and then I'm focused again, but yeah, in between meals or just fasting for me makes like a world of difference. I've never tried like longer term fasts, like 24, 48 hours. Um, the only reason I would do that would just to be for the challenge to see if I could do it. I don't think there's, I think people kind of, I think people overestimate how much like autophagy they're getting and how much it's really doing for them. I think the benefits, I think it's a placebo effect, honestly. I think that could be like an example of somebody who's takes fasting and believes that it really helps their health and it probably actually does biologically because the placebo effect is that strong. Like if you ever want to see some fascinating stuff, look up like some of the more interesting placebo studies where people have done like, crazy things thinking that they're thinking that they're on a drug or that they've taken a certain drug or that something's been done to them even though it hasn't and uh, placebos are super super powerful and there actually there was this one story I heard this is fascinating there's this one story I heard of this guy who was on a train he was in a train car and I can't remember what happened like either the train car was like locked or it was maybe the train I think the train was moving and I think maybe it was locked or he couldn't get out Um, and he had, he was convinced that it was freezing in there, that it was like, that he was in the, it was winter time and that it was a freezing train car because it was nighttime and he was writing in his journal in this car and saying like, you could see it step by step saying like, um, this train car is so cold. I don't think I'm ever going to get out. And then going on to say like, um, that like, I'm starting to shiver. I'm starting to like freeze. Like I'm, this is where I'm going to die. I'm going to freeze to death. I'm going to die here. And then he ended up dying when they got him, when they went to the train car and got him, it was like, I think it was like, uh, like, like 60 or 70 degrees Fahrenheit or something like that, which is not cold, like by any means. Uh, cold enough like for you to be like freezing to death but he literally convinced himself that he was freezing to death and he died that way um he didn't die of freezing to death he just died essentially I think it was just from I I can't remember I can't remember how he passed away but it was just interesting and whether that's like all true or not I'm not sure but there's actual research that you can look up you can just watch YouTube videos on it but uh of the strength of placebo effect long story short I think uh, I think when people fast for like long periods of time, I think they think it's they're going through extreme autophagy and like renewing dead cells and getting rid of them, replacing them with new ones. And I think that like I think that honestly that you could convince yourself that you were in better health um, just by doing fast and thinking that they're that beneficial and that your mental health is going to be improved because of that, because you're like, wow, I just did something that was challenging. I did something that was good for my health. And then that improved mindset is probably just going to make you live a healthier life. And that the positive outcome maybe didn't come from the actual fasting itself, but the aftermath of you feeling like you've done something great for yourself and then living a healthier lifestyle as a result. Um, I could be wrong. I know that there is autophagy that happens in intermittent fasting and that is beneficial. I just think it's really over, uh, overestimated and kind of like oversold. I think people put too much weight into that, but I think fasting is good for the cognitive benefits and the mental benefits. I couldn't even imagine how much I would get done during a 48 hour fast (laughs) because it would literally be like on being on Adderall. But I also know that my fat ass would get so hungry after 24 hours. Like my... 12-year-old chunky self would be screaming at me like why on earth are you taking 48 hours of not eating because back in the day we were crushing peanut butter cups man and now oh you're 22 now and you think that we can just not eat for 48 hours just because you want to challenge your mind my my 12-year-old self would be not happy with me if I did that I know I'd get super hungry but yeah anyways it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's, there's so much I've been being involved with like in-person clients, um, and a variety of in-person clients from all different walks of life. 
it's uh it's been interesting to hear about like the diets that they've tried and just like the things that they've struggled with and that's one thing i've been really trying to focus on is just creating healthy relationships with food and pushing flexible dieting and teaching them about calories and about calorie tracking if it's appropriate for them um but yeah just really leaning into the flexible dieting aspect of it and I've seen I've touched so many clients where they've had horrible experiences with yo-yo dieting from doing keto um, to carnivore to vegan like all over the place just doing anything they can to lose weight being way too restrictive and then yo-yo dieting and then binging again and that's I don't know how many times I've talked about this but it's easily the most common thing that you'll see in the fitness industry especially as a personal trainer is just yo-yo dieting up and down and just never being able to stay consistent but now that I've introduced them to the fact that hey you can go grab a beer with your buddy or have a glass of wine or eat some nachos or whatever like it's and you can still lose weight and you can still live your life and create a diet that fits your lifestyle rather than uprooting your lifestyle for your diet people are blown away and they're like oh my god like I can't believe that and it's it's been really refreshing and it's good. It's every time I can teach somebody that and help them like improve their relationship with dieting, it's uh it's very rewarding. So that's something that I've been doing a ton as I should be as a personal trainer. That's another thing. I've seen a ton of clients who have had personal trainers in the past who have uh been with shitty trainers, to be honest. And and I don't like I don't want to like shit on other trainers, but like these trainers are objectively bad in all, in all honesty, especially when it comes to pain. And I made a tweet about this and posted on my Instagram recently. But when it comes to back pain specifically, like I've, I'm seeing clients that have had trainers before, had physios before, had chiros before with severe back pain and sometimes like legitimate structural issues like degenerating discs and slip discs and things like that that's causing maybe like sciatica and things like like serious things. And these clients don't know how to brace their core. And that like, for anybody that's listening, that doesn't know what that means, like bracing your core is basically just creating intra abdominal pressure. So intaking a large breath and then bracing against that breath to create pressure within your torso so that it's like an airbag for your spine essentially so that you can uh, keep some rigidity through your midsection so that when you're going through exercises you're not at risk of injuring yourself and you're also going to be able to produce more force and having a core brace is its biggest effect is keeping your back safe and keeping your back healthy Um, especially when doing compound lifts So that's two things is that I've noticed that the previous trainers, this is day one, by the way, whether your client has back pain or not, you should teach them how to brace their core when they're lifting. These clients were never taught how to brace their core, even though they had severe back pain, the trainer never thought, hmm, maybe I should do the one thing that is literally designed to protect your spine and your back, as well as your other limbs when exercising. That's also literally step one of personal training, any client Um, And then also, the trainers also avoided compound movements for all of these clients. Super frustrating. Super, super frustrating. So they, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just malpractice in my view. Like that's, especially when you're talking about somebody with back pain, like avoiding compound lifts is a very, uh, it's just an uneducated thing to do. Like compound lifts aren't inherently bad. And honestly, in a lot of times they'll help with back pain. Because I need to see how somebody's moving through different ranges of motion because there's a reason that that back pain is recurring and I need to get to the root cause of it. So just by giving them painkillers or sending them to massage therapy or like chiro or physio or anything like that who can maybe you'll see them once a week or once every two weeks. They all they're all useful. I'm not shitting on any of those other health uh, health professionals. That's all really positive and it's useful. But we need to do something in conjunction with those things, which is resistance training and performing exercises appropriately. So we can go to those other allied health professionals to reduce the pain and increase mobility in the tissues and then also train in the gym and load through full ranges of motion with good proper form so that we don't have that pain recurring. And we can see like, okay, well, 
if maybe maybe you have an anterior pelvic tilt or maybe you're lacking external rotation through the shoulder and then that is causing this to compensate which then maybe pain is presenting here because of that compensation when you're doing these things throughout your day or even in the gym and it's like obviously that was a very vague breakdown but that's what pain is it's a big puzzle and it's hard to figure out sometimes and again like I'm new in the grand scheme I'm just a freshman in all of this but like I'm investing time by talking to my friends who are trainers who are good at this stuff and talking to other allied health professionals and trying to learn about it and trying to really invest time into addressing movement patterns and seeing where people are really tight and really weak and overcompensating and and then taking that and applying it to compound movements and making them strong through full ranges of motion with a good core brace with good form and a lot of times that can get rid of back pain. And it's funny, a lot of things that people avoid will actually be the medicine that fixes it a lot of times. It doesn't mean everybody's going to be deadlifting and barbell back squatting and uh, whatever, like Romanian deadlift. It doesn't mean everybody is going to fit the mold for every movement pattern, but I'm going to try to get everybody to go through every single human movement pattern, like a squat, a push, a pull, a hinge, a lunge, a rotation, a carry, anything like that. And I'm going to try to get people into all those ranges of motion through the full range of motion under load and build tolerance in all of those areas and build tolerance in those tissues so that when they do go into a position that in the past they would have hurt their back, they're strong there and they're not at that risk anymore and they can handle it. So I want to take compound movements that are going to improve strength and take you full through full ranges of motion. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just been frustrating, but also it's been fulfilling because it's given me the opportunity to outline um, where that client was going wrong before and how I can help them and fix their pain, which is feels good. Because when you've had a client that like can't sleep or can't tie their shoes because they have such excruciating back pain and you can resolve some of that, man, that feels really fucking good. That feels really damn good. So that's been that's been a fun one for me, like honestly addressing pain and uh Shout out to my boy Nate Witt because he's somebody that I really look up to in the pain space and he's a young trainer just like myself but he's fully invested in in that and uh, I learn a lot from him every time I talk to him and I've even taken some of the things that he's shown me and the, some of the courses he's taken and things like that and I've applied it to my clients and seen great results so talking to my other friends that are trainers that are great trainers and just invested in this stuff and then bouncing ideas off of other allied health professionals, and then just trying things with my clients, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't. It's been, uh, it's been a really fun experience. And it's kind of like, I feel like I'm a bit of like a rebirth as a trainer, which sounds dumb, but it's like I've, I'm reshaping what my identity looks like as a trainer and kind of where my strengths are, what my weaknesses are, and how I can improve those. And uh, yeah, just who I want to be in this industry and like who I want to be for my clients. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been fun. I know I've talked about work a lot on this podcast, but again, that's taken up a ton of my time. It's something I've thought about a lot and something that's like really, truly made me happy. So I, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been really, really good. And it's interesting because another thing that I was thinking about was the idea of like purposely trying to go after things that you don't think you can accomplish. And I feel like some people might hear that and think, well, like, you should think that you should can accomplish anything. And, like, yes, I would agree. I think you should have, like, a growth mindset and I think you should believe in yourself. At the same time, we can all agree that there's, like, huge goals that we don't think we can accomplish yet. And it's hard. Like, it's hard to have that, like, super positive mindset and it takes time. You need to start seeing some progress towards those big goals before you can get there. But... I've been thinking about like accomplishing things that you can't accomplish or that you don't think you can accomplish because there's been multiple goals that I've set for myself with work or with like personal life that honestly like I didn't really deep down feel like I could accomplish but I just kept pursuing them anyways because at some point you throughout the process you're like holy shit like I'm going to accomplish this and then when you do accomplish that thing that initially you thought like once upon a time that you would never be able to do, when you accomplish it, it's got to be the most fulfilling thing in the damn world. It's incredible. It's so good because like, holy shit, like I 
legitimately didn't believe that I would ever be here, that I would ever be able to do this. And then you're there. And I think fitness is obviously a perfect blueprint for that. It's like losing 100 pounds is a, it's, it seems a seemingly impossible goal for a lot of people. And they probably truly deep down don't believe that they can do it. But setting that goal anyways and just shooting for the stars and slowly working and building and having that snowball effect towards that goal. And then by the end, like, or by halfway through, you're like, holy shit, like I'm halfway through, like I could actually do this. And then you do truly start to believe like, wow, I'm going to accomplish this. And then it does start to change that mindset to not like, am I going to accomplish this? It's like, I am going to accomplish this. It's just a matter of time. And then once you have that feeling, oh my God, it's a superpower. Once you're like, I'm going to achieve this, it's just I'm just waiting till I do essentially that's a really really empowering feeling and uh it's one thing I've been thinking about especially because like some of the things I've been doing at work I honestly didn't think I would be able to accomplish and I've accomplished them at a very fast rate way faster than I even expected and it's been really really fulfilling to accomplish things that at one point I didn't think I could do so it's uh yeah, I don't know. It's like discipline equals freedom in in my eyes. Like if you can have some discipline working towards goals, then you are going like I said, it's a su- like that's where the superpower thing comes in. It's freedom in the sense that once you realize that you can be you can apply discipline to situations and you can achieve the things that you didn't think you could achieve, it gives you a sense of freedom in the sense that you are no longer bound by like societal standards or societal beliefs or or your actually your beliefs like not even society like just your internal beliefs and limitations you're no longer bound by those and once you can find some discipline to step outside the box and like achieve things that you never thought you could achieve that's true freedom mentally and physically uh in the real world and and where you lie in society too it's like holy shit I have a superpower that nobody else has when I realize like I can accomplish anything and I can really lean into a lot of different goals and uh yeah I don't know that's an important thing I know I talk about like hard work a lot um and just like success-based stuff and I'm young like I'm not by my standard I'm nowhere near successful and by most standards I'm nowhere near successful like I haven't really accomplished anything yet but I know I'm starting to figure out what it looks like and how you get there. And uh, yeah, that's a lot of what this podcast is, man. It's just uh, me sharing the things, <clears throat> me sharing the things that I'm learning as I go through young adulthood, honestly. And because I learn a lot of valuable shit <laughs> and it applies really well to my life. And I know that a lot of it applies to other people's lives as well. So that's why I like sharing it. And it's just like, Again, I don't have any crazy wisdom or experience with a lot of, I, I don't know, I have experiences in a lot of, in a variety of things and I've learned about a variety of things, but I don't have like the years of wisdom and trial and error, but that's why I think it's cool. Cause it's like, I'm on that journey and it's like, I'm kind of just recording it as I go and sharing it and being like, Hey, I learned that. And I think that's what it should be. I think everybody should be working together and it's like, Hey, I learned this and this kind of made my life a little bit easier maybe you should try this. And I think that's beautiful. And I think that's kind of what the value of podcasting is. It's like, hey, life is really hard. And we're all trying to figure it out. And we're all trying to reach our goals. And we're also trying to live a happy life and a successful life. And blah, blah, blah. And we want to feel fulfilled. And it's like, well, hey, I learned this. And this made me happier. Hey, I learned this. And it helped me with my discipline. Or hey, I learned this. And it helped me um, improve my relationships and all the things that we're all trying to do. It's like, why not share what you're learning on the journey? You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, I just rambled for almost an hour, but I think I'm going to leave it there because I do have a ton of other things that I've written down that I want to talk about, but I want to save that for another episode that I'm going to try to get out next week. And, uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I'm really happy to still be doing podcasts and I'm really happy. I always get really, fulfilled from these episodes. I think I've said fulfilled a thousand times on this podcast, but I get a lot of fulfillment out of this and it really makes me happy. And I, it's nice, honestly, to just like talk out loud and like work through things and like explain things to a podcast that I maybe haven't even thought that in depth about. 
you kind of start to realize things as you're saying it out loud. But I am going to sign off here. I really, really appreciate you guys listening. And uh, send this to a friend, share it with your grandma, play it for your dog. I don't really care. But uh, the fact that you've listened all the way through means a lot to me. And I hope you have a great day. Whatever your day looks like, whatever you're doing right now, I hope it puts a smile on your face and you're, uh, and you're living your best life. So I'll talk to you guys soon. Try to get another episode out this week. And thanks for tuning in to Thick Radio. Have a good one, guys. Bye.